This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. supposed to get married? I'm gonna just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life with. If you're gonna go out on one date, I want you mentally committing to five dates. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've seen me on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another delightful episode of Dates and Mates. Here's the big question of the day. Are you dating in reverse. Hmm? It's easy to get caught up in appearances when you're doing your swiping, but in the end, does focusing on looks really get you your dream partnership? Probably not. You've heard me say before, there are four pillars for long-term compatibility that I have seen over the 15 plus years that I've been coaching. It's common values, shared goals, clear communication, trust and mutual respect, These are the things that you should be basing your partner search on. But shifting your focus, it's easier said than done, right? Especially in a world that centers on appearances so much. Hello, Instagram. Hello, Dolly. But luckily, there's plenty of inspo out there for how to date against the grain. We've seen it reflected in TV shows like Love is Blind and Married at First Sight. And it's happening again in the newest series to tackle the quest for true love, Netflix's Jewish Matchmaking. It stars matchmaker Aliza Ben-Shalom as she helps Jewish singles find love across the U.S. and Israel. And the timing is perfect because I just learned that May is also Jewish American Heritage Month. Sidebar, of course. Well, I'm excited to share that Aliza will be here today to give us her matchmaking tips, some secrets from the show, And she's going to give you a five-day challenge that is literally going to blow your mind. (laughs) But first, I got a hot dish for you. Hard truth. Is modern dating really worse than dating before? Or do we just keep saying it is? Then later in Dear Demona, I'll address this question. Uh Uh-oh, am I too set in my ways to meet and keep a match? Oh, it's going to get interesting today. All right, let's pour a big old glass of positivity because it's time to dish. These dating dish. The publication The Face concludes that modern dating only feels worse because we keep saying it is. According to a recent study from Singles Reports, four out of five adults have emotional fatigue from online dating, and three quarters of UK singles are burnt out from unrewarding interactions. Now, I've seen this in my work. I've talked before about dating burnout so many times. It went away for a little bit during the pandemic, but then it came back with a vengeance. And this article really gave me a lot of food for thought that I want to share with you. Because you've also heard me say that the what, what you consume, it becomes your reality, right? So whether you're hanging out with negative friends or whether you are repeating, I call it in my program, dating samskaras, these are these limiting beliefs or these, these things that you've come to believe are true 
based on your prior experiences or the people that you're listening to, that the more you repeat them, the more you believe them. So according to this article, they say each quote, dating is terrible post, leaves us more cynical about finding love. And they cite a lot of different arenas where these kind of conversations are happening. There are Facebook groups dedicated to exposing catfishers and cheaters and breadcrumbers and ghosters. Um, there are people sending exes an exit survey to belittle them. Uh, there are people on TikTok that, like, if you just type in dating is... The most popular suggestion is dating is so hard. Dating is exhausting. Dating isn't worth it. This is what you're finding if you're if you're just scratching the surface on dating talk. And all of these things are things we've talked about on the show. We've talked about therapy talk and people diagnosing their exes or their dates and jumping to the conclusion that strangers on dating apps are out to get us or trick us. I talked about the Tinder swindler, which is like the most extreme case that you're going to find on a dating app. And most of all, at least I hear everyone there. I see it on my own Instagram all the time. People saying, well, dating apps don't work for me. Dating is so hard because I hate dating apps. And I just got to ask you if if you resonate with any of that. If you have found yourself saying these things, just take a pause and think about what you're putting out into the dating ecosphere. And think about what those phrases are that repeat in your mind. Uh, in this article by The Face, dating expert Callisto Adams says, as humans, we tend to be empathetic. So if you hear enough negative dating stories, it can engrave particular paths of thinking in our heads. So many of us are say saying the same things. I say dating samskaras because I, you know, I've spent so much time training as a yogi and and this is a real thing that we become good at what we practice. We also carve new neural pathways every time we practice something. And sometimes we don't even realize what we're practicing. So this is a really interesting quote for me from Callisto because you've heard here about empathetic dating. And this is what I'm encouraging folks to do, to date with empathy for the other person. But this is a whole different interpretation of the empathy that we get when we even hear somebody else talking about a bad date or talking about a frustration over dating apps or whatever it is that they're carrying, the negativity that they're carrying, it gets transferred to you. And another psychotherapist quoted in this article, Jody Karras, she says that colluding with the idea that healthy dating is rare, it reduces our power and it can keep us stuck with few options for expansion. And y'all, that just, that really struck me because that that's all I want to do on this show is to empower you and to help you realize how much control you actually have over your dating and relationship reality. But what you repeat becomes what you think and what you think becomes what you do and what you do becomes who you are and what your perception of the world is. And I just want to give the power back to you all. I, I see that there is an easy fix in here. And 
it has to start with you all, my my army of lovers. We have to make sure that we're protecting ourselves. We're keeping our side of the emotional street clean because I promise you, not only does that attract different people and different experiences into your life, but it also just shifts your own perception. So here are a couple fixes that I propose after reading this article. One, we got to stop screenshotting. I, I find that to be such an absolute violation of people's privacy. And like, even for bad actors, does it, I don't know, does it make you feel good to screenshot a crappy message and then post it and then have everybody piling on? Maybe, maybe you are, I don't know, vindicated. Maybe you feel more supported. You feel more justified in the way you handled it or in the fact that something bad happened to you that made you feel bad about dating. But I don't know if that's the right answer. I I don't know if that kind of camaraderie or support is is helping you. And I would propose that for the larger dating culture, it's definitely not helping. It's it's definitely hurting. I've seen for a long time people dating by committee. And sure, this ha- used to happen when we were doing more IRL dating and we would be, you know, out at the club and you're like, mm, don't talk to him, girl. <laughs> so this isn't new. It's just now transferred to the digital space where we can screenshot things and send it to our friends and get their input. But... I remember from the olden days when we were meeting IRL, sometimes our friends didn't have the best judgment either. Man, I keep thinking about Love is Blind and how when Micah introduced Paul to her girlfriend and her girlfriend was just like, no, this is not for you. I just really feel like that was the downfall of the relationship. And I don't have I don't have all the information. But I know that planted a seed for both of them, that maybe this isn't right. And what would have happened if that seed wasn't watered and fostered by the inevitable replay and loop of negative thoughts that that little seed planted and and rippled out into that relationship? So, I mean, I digress. I could talk about this forever. But let me give you a few more fixes uh, while I got your ear. I also... Think we can stop assuming the worst in people. Uh, a lot of times, I read through these text messages and I see just how much we are carrying our pain and unloading it on other people over text because it's easier with that online disinhibition factor. We're behind the screen, so we hear something we don't like, and it's like, no, let me just—I'm just gonna be upfront and just tell them like it is, and. I don't know that that's helping either person in this situation. And certainly it's not helping anybody over text or DMs. I also say, let's stop looking for the shortcuts. I keep talking about slow love, slow dating on this show. And we keep looking for shortcuts. And those shortcuts are what strip the humanity out of dating. Instead, I would say, Let's look for the helpers, as Mr. Rogers said. When you see something scary, Mr. Rogers' mom said, look for the helpers. And I know he didn't mean it uh, according to dating. But think about it. Of course, I'm a helper. But I think there's a helper in you. 
as well. So look for the helpers and also be a helper, not a herder. How can you prevent the echo chamber from rippling out? Because there, again, there's just so much more power that you have in your own dating life, but that you also have to shift dating culture. Because when you put out more positivity, just as the negative loop starts to spin and become your reality, when you change those dating samskaras to positive and you start repeating that positive thought, you start to see it. You start to notice it everywhere. And you start to embody that in the world. And that, my friends, is the way that you change your reality because you change your thoughts, you change your words, you change your actions, and therefore you change your reality. It all starts with that decision to be a helper and to not let the negative thoughts become the narrative for you. When we come back, we will be joined by another helper, Aliza Ben Shalom. She is the matchmaker behind Netflix's brand new series, Jewish Matchmaking, and she's going to talk all about how you can find a partner you can love from the inside out. Stick around. Before we get back to the show, I just have to remind you that if you are dating online and you are feeling like, uh, look, I, Damona, I am stuck in this negativity loop. I'm not getting the matches that I'm wanting. I'm not getting the responses that I'd like. I am just not doing the online dating thing the way you're talking about. The first step is to shift your dating profile. And this is one of the biggest challenges that I find for daters who come into my programs. But for a limited time only, I have for you my profile starter kit absolutely free. It'll help you write your dating profile. It'll give you writing prompts, plug and play templates, and even a short video tutorial on how to choose the right pictures for your dating profile. But in just a few weeks, this is going to become a paid program. So it's only available for free for a limited time only. Why not pop over to datesandmates.com, pop your email in for the profile starter kit. You will get an instant download of my workbook and you can get yourself onto better, more positive online dating experiences. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Aliza Ben Shalom is a soulmate clarity coach, speaker, and the author of two books, Get Real, Get Married, and Virtual Dating. She has appeared everywhere from BBC World News to NPR to HuffPost. She also trains dating coaches and matchmakers through her company, Marriage Mind and Mentor, and she's helped over 200 singles manifest their soulmate. And you can see her now as a matchmaker of Netflix's new series, Jewish Matchmaking. Please, let's give some big smooches to Eliza Ben Shalom. Hello. <laughs> so I started in 2007 and I was a matchmaker online for a website where only matchmakers could make the matches. Not that you get to, you know, kick back and put your heels up, but you don't have to do the sweat and labor of finding somebody, your matchmaker or there's over 500 matchmakers on the site. They go and they search for matches for you. So break this down for me because 
matchmaking is different in different um, parts of the Jewish community. So I'm very familiar with matchmaking in the Orthodox faith. Can you talk about that and whether on Jewish matchmaking you're matching Jewish people of all different sects and, and backgrounds, or if you are focusing on the Orthodox community in the show as well? What's really incredible in the show is that Jewish matchmaking as a concept is the foundation, but the people that we work with are from all different backgrounds. So we do have a couple that's Orthodox. We have somebody who's traditional, somebody who's kind of middle of the road. We have people that are secular, whether they're conservative, reform, or they're not affiliated. Everybody in the show is Jewish, but they celebrate and they honor their traditions in different ways. So we're taking the traditional Jewish wisdom of matchmaking, and we're bringing it to whatever dating world our people are in. And this is, by the way, a complete reflection of how I really work. So it's not like, oh, do you just do that for the show? No, no. I have clientele, all ages, all stages, all backgrounds, all locations, and all different religious levels. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've we've been in each other's circles for a long time. So I will just co-sign. Elisa really does do this. And she's very well respected in the industry. But I imagine doing it on the show is a little bit different as somebody who also works in in reality TV. Um, you know, sometimes you're matching people and, you know, you, you have the time constraints of the show. You have... Lo different locations you're matching people like all you 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 were yourself in Israel and you're matching people in different cities across the U.S. you must have had your hands full <laughs> <laughs> understatement of the year yes so again this is like my real matchmaking we have clients not just in the U.S. we have South America South Africa Australia Europe London and Israel and all over the states we we normally work with people internationally but yes when you have a show and you have time constraints it's not just like oh okay here's this match we're going to send you out on Tuesday it's like oh here's this match okay <laughs> we'll do our part. We'll make sure that they, you know, run through all the checks and, and we get it all approved and then we'll set you up when the next time it is that we're going to be in your city. And they're like, oh, we could meet before. And I was like, no, no, no. We meet on camera for the first time. Everything for us is real on camera for the first time, including when I meet people on the show. Wow. Okay. I know you're not going to spill all the tea, <laughs> but um, in my experience as a dating coach, some people are more challenging to work with than others. <laughs> <laughs> Without calling anybody out, what did you find just generally to be the most challenging aspect of the matchmaking? with the participants on this show. So, I'm going to I'm going to call this not only the people on the show, but let's call it for real life also, getting our brains and our heart aligned to choose a person based on the inside and on the outside. And people date in the reverse order. They satisfy their eyes, they look and they're like, "Ooh. Mm, for me." Then they go out and they're like, "Oh, mm, I mean, Different personality would be better, but like, oh, I just like looking at you. Like, this, maybe it'll get better over time. I'll just stick around a little bit. And what I'd prefer them to do, I love, you know, something like love is blind, right? You don't see anybody. You know somebody on the inside. And then when you meet them on the outside, your brain does a little bit of a flip-flop and it's going, 
uh, okay, yeah, this could work. Wait, okay, talk to me again. Okay, let me close my eyes. Oh, there you are, right? Right, I'm back in my happy place. <laughs> so I love when people meet and they love the inside and they're really deeply connected on the things that are of key importance, values, personality, hobbies, interests, what I want to do with my life, where I'm going, my goals, rather than I'm satisfying my eyes and, oh, everything else will come along, satisfy the eyes first, and then we'll deal with everything else. I'd rather satisfy the inside and the eyes will slowly come along, but most people don't have the patience for that. No, it's it, that's why uh, you and I are in business. <laughs> but when even when we're looking at the inside, I think sometimes it's hard to figure out what's most important. I saw one of your Instagram videos where you talked about your 70-30 rule in matchmaking. Tell us more about that. So I love that we have a minimum of 70% of things that either A, I value, we're in alignment with, qualities, personalities, and B, things like my fears are not triggered to an extremely high degree or those little things that bother me about you that that ooh that way you do that thing after you <laughs> you make your joke and you're like oh yeah that's so funny and oh it just like really irks me we can't be so bothered by other people that we can't tolerate them so we need 70% of a relationship to be aligned we've got to be good to go we have to be balanced 30% can be acceptable and 0% needs to be a potential deal breaker because a potential deal breaker will always break a deal. And it doesn't even matter. I've seen people with, I call this soulmate clarity, and I have these charts. Actually, I have to show this to you because you will love it. But you, you, they have amazing charts. They're green. They're yellow, which means green is good to go. Yellow is totally acceptable. And there's like one little sliver of orange. They're like, I don't know if I can get over it. I said, I just want to be clear. If you can't get over it, the entire thing, I don't care how good it is, one deal breaker breaks the entire deal. And they say, I know, and that's my dilemma. And that's what we work with. So we just have to be very intentional and very honest with ourselves. And I love it when people give time. I'd much rather somebody give more time to figure it out than, oh, I don't know. It must be a no. Because if it was a yes, oh, I would know. I know what a yes feels like. No, you know what infatuation feels like. A yes, you don't know what it feels like until it's really a yes. And that comes around usually like once in your dating career. You find the one, la, yay, you're so happy it works out. And that's it. Well, I like to look at it as it's all a learning experience, right? If we if we make it that. But you just, you said so many things just now that I I agree with. I say slow love, practice slow love, take your time because you don't know. And let me tell you, you're very generous, Elisa, because I only give my clients one deal breaker and <laughs> they want to they, they wanna cut my head off for it. And they're like, what? Because we can deal breaker ourselves out of really good options because something in our head is a deal breaker that's not necessarily a deal breaker in real life. So I find like if you only get one deal breaker, you have to be really deliberate and mindful about it. <laughs> it's challenging though, because I mean, I, I always put myself in the, the shoes of the data, right? I'm looking through their eyes and I'm thinking, well, but if you don't validate what I'm telling you, you don't really get it. And if you don't get it, then I'm going to totally, Elise, I'm going to dismiss your advice. But when 
I do validate what's going on for people and I understand it and I accept it. It helps them to accept it and people get real. Like you see on the show, somebody say, this is a great match. Aliza really gets me. Like on the inside, this is exactly what I want and I need a different package on the outside. But you know, after the second date, I warmed up a little bit more. I was feeling different. But it doesn't always take a second date to feel better about a match. It could take a fifth date. It could take, I don't know how long it's going to take your head to get over it. But when the inside is so sweet and somebody's treating you so well, that's like a fine wine with age. It's going to get better over time. And the outside, it's always going to get wrinkled. So, okay, we've got something that works for you, something you can be attracted to. There's an amount of appeal there, but the outside, typically doesn't get better over time. It ages over time and aging looks different on everybody. But the inside, ooh, when it gets better, it's amazing. And if it's not good, you don't want to see what that looks like in 10 years from now. So true. Let's talk about those first few dates. I also saw that you have a five-date rule, a five-date challenge. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, everybody goes bananas for this, and I decided I'm totally offering my I have a five-date challenge course, and you can have it for free. You can sign up for it. You can take it also. It has videos and worksheets, but I'm going to give you a little rundown. One, I you, you'll, you hear in my voice, I like to play a little bit. That's how I stretch. So for me, when I play emotionally, mentally with clients together, we're on this little playground. We see how far they can go, and we're not looking to break them. So I like to give challenges. And by a challenge, it means you choose if you take it on. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it. I've got lots of ideas. You can pick any one of my Elise ideas. So the five date challenge works like this. First of all, if you're going to go out on one date, I want you mentally committing to five dates. You, you bothered to pick the person. You bothered to say yes. Good. Get to know them. Can you break it off before di- five dates? If it's an absolute deal breaker, no, I will never marry this person. I'm very clear. You are not for me. 100%. Here's why. Okay, fine. We can break up and move on. But in general, most people live in, I don't know, maybe. I'm not sure that I see it. I mean, who knows? I guess it could be. It doesn't matter. It's a yes for now. Go on another date. Go on another date. After five, let's have a conversation. I also like that there's no more than five days between dates that the dates aren't any longer than five hours. I have a lot of fives mixed in here. And my favorite one that it's like this, you either love it or hate, you hate it. And when you buy in, you are sold forever. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to believe this. The men like it more than the women. No touching for five dates. I'm going to go out with you and I'm not going to touch you and you're not going to touch me. We're going to go out a second time. By the third time, you must really like me as a human if you are not touching me and you're not getting anything out of me and I'm not getting anything out of you. By the fifth date, if I still want to see you a sixth time, I know, Aliza, I know, and you as the dater know, actually there's real potential here. There is something here. I haven't even touched you and I still would like to see you again. So for me, I'm like, okay, after five dates, you know, Elisa's not looking. She's not paying attention to what happens, except one rule. You have to wait at least 24 hours from the fifth date to go on the sixth date before there's any touching. Because I, I know how people work. They like break the rules and <laughs> play tricky rules. But they're like, it's after midnight. It's the next right, day. Right, right, right. No, no, no. Sorry. 24 hours from when the last date, that fifth date ended until the next one. And I know when you go on that sixth date, 
I know both of you bought in. Who sticks around for six dates? If you're not getting anything physically, I must like you emotionally. I must be in alignment with you spiritually or in this world, or I must be connected to your personality or our values must be aligned. It has to be because there's nowhere else that connection is coming from. And that is the strongest glue that you could ever have. And I would say love is blind is an example of that, but I'm saying, no, you get to see them. It's okay. You can see them. You can, if you need to warm up to them, fine. And if you're super excited and you're like, Aliza, I'm really having a hard time keeping my hands off. Well, I have good news for you. This is like Tantra. If you look into how we build sexual chemistry and connection, keep your hands off. It's going to be really hot later. You're going to thank me. You're going to be like, this was the best rule ever. You'd be like, that orthodox dating coach, what is she saying? But it's really true. (laughs) I I really did not expect to hear that from you, but I definitely know what you're talking about. And um, I agree with you. And you you must get a lot of pushback on this because, I mean, I tell people I have a three-date rule that to go on three dates, kind of the same as, as you were saying, go on at least three. And if you're not feeling like, oh, what would it be like to kiss this person, touch this person, be with this person, then maybe maybe it's friend zone. But you're, you're okay with holding off touching for three dates? You encourage that? I have never said that. No, I've never said that. I'm just saying, give them three dates. And then I say, try to wait. I I say, put off having sex as long as possible. Like, you know, at least a month, if you're spacing the dates out like once a week, is is a better plan than most of my clients and listeners are doing. And people just cannot handle it, Aliza. So I can't even imagine the not touching and what that does. But I I, I know you're right. <laughs> I'm telling you, the men, the men like it more than the women. And they're like, this is brilliant. If I still want to see her after five dates, first of all, yeah, you're right. I'm going to be really into her. And second of all, I know it's for real. Now my brain isn't confused. What part of me likes her? Is it my brain? Is it my heart? Is it my hands? I don't know. But now I actually know. And I've had men also of all ages and stages and backgrounds, and they all appreciate this very much. And they're like, this is brilliant. This just (laughs) takes all the guesswork out of it. And if I don't like her, I don't have to feel bad about saying no. I actually know I'm saying no for the right reasons. People want clarity. Everybody is searching for clarity in the world. You and I have a job in this industry because people lack clarity. It is the single hardest thing to find your person and to have clarity that, ooh, you are for me and I am for you. Single hardest thing in the world to figure that out. If I give you a golden ticket and I go, it's a winner every time, I'm telling you without fail, you can test it. Not just money back guaranteed. I'll pay for your five dates if you prove me wrong that this didn't provide you clarity. I guarantee every single time you will gain clarity without fail. What Would you rather just, I mean, you can pay us to coach. <laughs> you can pay us to matchmake, but this works every time yeah, without fail. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try it? And and like, prove me wrong. So try it once and see how you like it. You'll be like, oh, I'm kind of into this. <laughs> it's special. Do people have to say, I'm doing this thing, you know, matchmaker Aliza said, no touching. Do they have to declare it at the beginning? Or do they just run around like, no. Hi, don't go, no, ooh, yeah. So I think 
I think that we do have to call it out and say, you know, I'm trying, you know, the five date challenge. And part of that is, you know, we're just not going to touch like this. We're going to touch hearts for the first five dates. And if that works out, then we can see where it goes from here. But isn't that what we all want? Don't we all want mm -hmm. a connection with somebody else? If you want, if you want to have fun, go have fun. This is advice for marriage-minded, relationship-minded, long-term relationship-minded humans. If you want clarity, tell me how else you're going to get it really fast, really clear. There is no better way to do it. I, I haven't found any better way. And this work, I'm telling you, yeah. this is not, you know, 95% of the time this will work. And it's not 99. 100% of the time you will gain clarity by using this method. Yeah. You've got receipts. We, we're we not questioning the Jewish matchmaker of Jewish matchmaking because, you. I mean, beyond this show, you have hundreds of matches under your belt. So we know that this definitely works. I, I want to just touch on one other aspect of matchmaking, tra traditional matchmaking, that I think is really different in people matchmaking for themselves today. So, uh, you know, and I predominantly coach people on how to use dating apps and, and other offline met methods to find a match themselves. And many times, if we've uh, pursued a career, we've we've moved away, we've built a life that's sort of separate from our families. And in a lot of cultures where matchmaking is uh, is a historic part of keeping the culture and the legacy alive, Indian matchmaking, we saw that in that Netflix show, and I know we're seeing this also in Jewish matchmaking. How do you recommend modern daters incorporate their families into the matchmaking process? It's such a good question, and it really depends on how healthy that family unit is. So if you are somebody who is completely connected, and I love my family and I want them to be involved, I think it's great. I often like, if, if you're not dating in a religious community and you didn't grow up that way, that's not your mindset, I would like you to buy into your partner before you bring them home, because when you bring them home, you're going to get pushback. Everybody's going to have a different opinion. Maybe you're going to be on the fence and they're, they're going to be all in. They love this person that you're dating. Wow, you're crazy if you miss them. Maybe it's going to be the reverse where you're all in and they're, they're uh, I don't know, maybe. And so I personally love when people have a foundation of a connection and then we start to incorporate people into their world because then I can separate my thinking from everybody else's thinking. It's kind of like that white noise in the background. It, it gets really loud and I, I can't even hear my own thinking sometimes. So that's kind of how I'd recommend it. If you're on the fence, we see this in the show. There's somebody who's you know traditional in their Judaism and they have the family involved and they're still living at home. Okay, well, that's a part of their process. Even if they're not living in a religious world, they're living in a traditional world. So I think that there's many ways to blend and bring family in. But to me, if I don't have clarity about somebody and I go to my family, you, you're going to have, you know, five people and 47 opinions. <laughs> it's just, it's not going to help you to have clarity. And so I think integrating family at the right time is something that's really wonderful. I'll give you an example. I have a client uh, who is dating right now and they've been dating for several months. We're going on five months and they just told me, 
we're, and they're singles that are over 40. And they said, we're going to make an introduction to family soon. Like it's now we're ready for it. We're at a solid place where we're comfortable to handle bringing everybody else in and handling all of that noise. And for them, that was a really smart move. For somebody else, that could be mm-hmm. so late. We need to do it at month two. So it's very personalized. It's like, it's like a gym workout. It's got to be personal just for you. There's no one size fits all. What about the friend circle? Sometimes, mm-hmm. like we saw that on Love is Blind when, uh, in this last season, you know, when Micah brought her friends in and they're just like, mm, no, you know, it, I feel like that plants a seed of doubt. And and in some ways is it creates another obstacle for the other person, even if it doesn't plant a seed of doubt within you. I feel like you have to think about what are you putting your partner uh, uh, what what kind of experience are you setting them up for? Right. And how strong is this relationship? How much can we handle? Right. So if we throw a bunch of seeds in the ground and things start growing and they're just poking their heads up, right, and a big wind comes, something's going to get knocked over. It's not even going to stand on its own. But again, if it's strong enough, if it's grown enough, it can handle what happens to it. So I think with friends, we have to be even more careful They have lots of thinking, they have lots of opinions, and they're usually not afraid to share. They are very happy to tell you every little thing. And if you aren't settled in what you think or how you feel, you will be so much more confused if you bring them in too early. So again, I I I would like a protective fence around the couple, right? I'd like to I would like to stick the couple themselves in their little pods, in their little bubbles. I want to kind of leave them there until it's a mature enough connection to handle outside influences. So again, the timeline can vary. Mm. I could get into a relationship, we could have a very deep connection. That's okay. But if we don't have a length of time, we don't have a history of working th- things out. So I have no confidence in our ability to do this together when we come up against a challenge from our family or our friends. So time, I do think, does play a role in when we bring people into our relationship. And that's that's what I'm guarding, right? It's not me and you. Oh, do I like you? And they're outside of me. It's us together. Oh, let me make an introduction to what's happening over here. And you okay? We're open to hearing. I'm open to hearing some feedback, but let me just tell you, we're moving ahead with this. I like this, or I'm feeling uncertain, and I want to be careful about how we speak about this because I'm not sure. I don't want your thinking to become my thinking unless it's really appropriate for me. Thank you so much for joining me, Aliza. Be sure to follow Aliza on Instagram at Aliza Ben Shalom. That's A L E E Z A B E N S H A L O M. And check out Jewish Matchmaking on Netflix. The links will be in the show notes. In a moment, I'll be back to answer the following listener question. I've been single for a long, that's with three J's, a long time. And I am a little stuck in my ways. Is there hope for me? I'll tell you in a sec. You know, one of my favorite things to do is help people navigate today's dating challenges. I know it's not easy out here in these dating streets, but hey, like I said, I'm one of the helpers. So I want to help you have more control over your dating life, know how to navigate different dating situations and get onto that dream relationship that Aliza and I were talking about. So just a hot tip. We are going to be doing an all Dear Demona episode coming up, but... 
I got to tell you, I, I really need to hear your voices. It helps add so much context when you can leave me a voicemail or send me a voice memo on Instagram. So we are collecting questions for this Dear Demona episode that's coming up in just a few weeks. If you have any question, big or small, weird or wonderful, whatever it is that's on your mind about dating and relationships, I want to help you with it. So we're going to get into today's question of the day, but don't be shy. Send me a DM. Give me a call at 424-246-6255 or DM me at Demona Hoffman on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I'm here for you. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. All right. Today's question is an email from a listener we'll call T. She says, Dear Demona, love your podcast. Can people be single for too long? Are there people who are just too set in their ways to meet and keep a significant other? I could not wait to address this question because we were talking limiting beliefs earlier in the show. There are so many limiting beliefs out there about what is possible for you in love based on your age, based on your race, based on your weight or your height or your income. And all of these are just limiting beliefs. But I'm going to level with you, T, and everybody else. There is one thing that really is actually insurmountable and is a major block in being able to find love. And I got to tell you, it is when people are too stuck in their own routines, in their own narratives to open up their lives to invite another person in. So especially when I hear from older daters, everyone my age always wants to date someone younger. That's not true. It's not just that we're attracted to youth. It's that we're attracted to flexibility. Mm, not that kind. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> we're attracted to someone who is meeting us halfway. We're attracted to someone who, when you toss out a wild idea, let's go to Vegas for the weekend. They're not like, oh, well, I'm, I have brunch with my friends and then I also have to get my nails done. And then uh, I'm... I'm picking up dry cleaning for my mom, and then, uh, well, my I can't board my dog, obviously, and then I do have to work. I mean, my deadline isn't for another four weeks, but I, I should probably work on it this weekend. No, no, we don't want that. We want somebody that says, I love the spontaneity. I love that you want to be with me. I say, yes, that's what we're attracted to. And that's what I want you to adopt a little bit more of because we have to think of you've got your life set. And believe me, I understand. I got my life set <laughs> with two kids. I have like there's color blocking. We got the whole thing going in the schedule. But when you got your life set and you want to have partnership, you have to leave room because that other person that you hope to meet, guess what their schedule looks like? They have their life set too. They have their priorities and their people and their responsibilities. And they're trying to figure out how to fit you like a puzzle piece into the life that they have. So it requires both people to create space. And sometimes that is literally so simple to do. This is why I tell people in my program, adopt an attitude of yes of just saying yes to new opportunities. And we can all find a reason to say no. We can all spin a tale of why 
the, the outcome might not be good. That person might break your heart. That th- there's other things that you've invested in for so long that it's hard to say no to those things in support of something that in the beginning is just an idea. It's not a sure thing. But we have to be willing to do it. We have to be willing to create that space. And there have been times in the past where I've worked with clients who I said, look, this is how much time you need to create in your space for dating. Can you carve out three hours a week to contribute to your dating life? And I, I had a client once who was like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do that. I can't put that on my schedule because like sometimes my boss needs me. And, you know, she had she had reasons. You have your reasons. But ultimately, what's more important, your reasons, your current responsibilities or the future that you're looking to build? And I'm not proud to say that client, I said, you know what? I don't think I can help you. I don't think I can work with you. If you can't make this thing that you're telling me is the most important goal in your life have at least three hours. And maybe for you, it's not three hours. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe it's 10 hours. But if you can't create that space, I just have to ask, how important is that goal, really? And it's not always your season to find love. And I just also have to say, there's nothing wrong with being single. I, I really am working to also dismantle this belief that everyone should be in partnership all the time. So to answer your core question, T, can people be single for too long? No. But can people be too set in their ways to meet and keep a significant other? Yes. So the question is, which one of those people do you want to be? Well, we have come to the end of episode 462 of Dates and Mates. As I said a moment ago... I'm really trying to help as many people as I can on the show. So the DMs are open. Send me a voice memo if you can at Damona Hoffman on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or give me a call, 424-246-6255. That's a 24-7 voicemail. So you can literally call me when you get home from a date and you're just like, Damona, I am stuck. Help me out. Call me when you're on break from work and you saw a DM come in from somebody you really like and you want to know how to respond to them. Just just call me anytime. I'm here for you and I can't wait to bring you that all Dear Demona episode very soon. We'll be back again next Tuesday with Cassidy Davis. She's the creator of Chaotic Singles Party. It's been hitting the news all over the place, and I'm so excited for her to be here with us next week to talk about her top tips for meeting your match IRL in real life. Until then, I wish you happy dating.